Leadership with Pastor Carlos will take you from being an ordinary leader to a passionate leader. Get ready, get ready, get ready. If you would like to learn more information about Pastor Carlos' ministry, please visit our website, ichurchoka.com. What's up, guys? I want to welcome you back to Leadership with Pastor Carlos. We're excited to have you here. Um, if you didn't get a chance to listen to us last month, we're glad that you're here. We we recommend that you check out the last one. It was awesome. It was a great first podcast. Um, this month, we're kind of diving into something that we discussed and touched on a little bit. Um, we're going to be talking about spiritual paternity um, and what that looks like for church leaders and leaders in general. Um, so, you know, we just want to dive right into it. So. That's good. That's good. It's good to be here again. Thank you for all those people that were listening to the previous podcast and You've emailed and texted and called. Um, we got calls and texts from different countries. It was good. I'm glad it blessed your life. And let's pray that this podcast is just as good. This is something that really means a whole lot to me, Nate. Um, and it's spiritual paternity. It's something I discovered years ago. And it is like, it's key to my heart. It's key to my heart when we talk about spiritual paternity, just because of the origins of it. And I think mainly because of my nature to encounter it, the season I was in when I encountered it almost um, 19 years ago. And I started teaching on it. Until this day, I teach on it. But I have to be very cautious when I teach on it because spiritual paternity is taught in a wrong way a mm. lot of times. So let's shoot, man. You shoot yeah, the questions and I'll let's answer shoot. If, right. if we had just said right before starting to record that if the podcast stops in the middle, it's because... Uh, Nate's <laughs> wife Katie has gone into labor. She's waiting any minute. So if she, so if we cut short, I'll just keep on speaking it without Nate yeah. because his wife may have gone into labor. Yeah. And we and you can't be a good spiritual father if you can't be there when your kid. Is hey, that's perfect. right. You can. You that's can't right. That. So starting off, what does it look like to be a spiritual father to someone within your sphere of influence, whether that's in your family, work, church, leadership? You know, what does it what does it look like to be that spiritual father? All right. Um, first of all, what I'm going to say is that sp- let me explain um, spiritual paternity for a second, because yeah. I, I know there's a lot of concepts out there, a lot of cultish things. And, you know, there are people who who try spiritual paternity and then they say, um, hey, you have to be um, called you know, literally they want them to be they want to be called father. Mm-hmm. And and I, I don't want to take the context out of I don't want to take the text out of context. Spiritual paternity. And this is the first thing everybody's got to understand and got a grasp of. There's one father in heaven. And, there's, and, and that's it. There's only one spiritual father, and it's God in heaven. And I'm aware of that. When I say spiritual paternity, it's not so much that you are the father, but rather that you take paternal care and love of somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's a biblical thing. I don't think it's something I invented. I think it's there in Scripture. Um, spiritual paternity is not something where a person is going to walk around and say, hey, um, I'm your spiritual dad, you know, you know, who's your daddy? <laughs> Me, I'm your spiritual father. And I say it's because something that I found over years is that a lot of people, um, and, and this is something that when I start teaching spiritual paternity goes really south. A lot of people start doing things like they come up to me and say, well, I don't know if I have a spiritual father. Um, and, and then they come back a week later, hey, you're my spiritual dad. I once had somebody <laughs> come up to me. I'm serious. I once had somebody come up to me and my wife, and my wife was so funny because they came up and says, hey, man, you know, you're, 
you're my spiritual uncle, man. You're my spiritual <laughs> uncle. I'm like, what the heck is a spiritual <laughs> uncle? You know, people just start making up these terms. Spiritual say, uncle, spiritual Gino, father. I guess you're my spiritual cousin. Yeah, there you <laughs> are. Your spiritual cousin. That's right. <laughs> people make up names and they just and they just categorize it because they think it's like really cute and and it and, and that's not what spiritual paternity, biblical spiritual paternity is about. Number one, you don't replace God. Number two, you can't you can't keep on inventing. Number yeah. three, you can't keep on changing your spiritual father. You can't keep on changing him. People have this is my spiritual. No, this is my spiritual. No, I think there's seasons that people come in to do mm. spiritual paternity over you. I do believe that, and I do believe that changes. But, but what I'm saying is, it's, it's a game out there. And let me let me go to, first of all to the origin of spiritual paternity. Where does this all come from? We have pastors now, okay. And if you look at the fivefold ministry in Scripture in the New Testament, there are many positions and many tasks inside the church. Um, pastors being one of many. It's not the only one. If you go back in times, it was the priest before Jesus, and there was the priest times. And then if you go back, it was the priesthood, and it was the Levites. And then if you go back before that, before the priest, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, after the priest, it was the kings, and that was King David. And then before that, so you have rabbis, you have pastors, then you have apostles, then you have rabbis, then you have um, um, prophets, then you have the, uh, the, the, the prophetic prophets, then you have the kings, and before the kings, you have the, the not prophetic prophets, but the men who were speaking the word of God, and then you go back before that, and you have fathers. So if you go back into Scripture, before we corrupted and messed it up, you know, before pastors are the excuse for bad spiritual paternity. That's what we are. And and because originally when you go in Scripture, Adam and Eve, it was a paternal setup. It was set up for mom and dad to be your spiritual father and your physical father. And then you say, right, but that's a mom and dad job, and that's still there, right. But then after that, Father Abraham, it was the father with all the grandchildren getting them together. Now, it wasn't his kids. It was his grandkids. And then he was a spiritual father to them. He would oversee them. He would mentor into their lives. And then you keep on going, and the more you go back and you have words like Father Abraham, generations later, the guy's dead, saying Father Abraham. He was not just their physical father, but their spiritual father. Now, there was a biological connection. But what I'm saying is that it kept on growing and growing and growing. When mankind got upset with God because they looked at the pagan kingdoms that surrounded them, they wanted a king. And so they asked for it. They weren't happy with the prophet. The prophet was a spiritual father. All the community had problems. They go to the prophet. And then he was the prophet of God. You have a Samuel. You know, you have an Eli. And then because of the rebelliousness, then pastors and other structures came into place. Uh, king, A king and government, and this is not criticism of the government. Um, I know we need it now, but government was a punishment on behalf of God. Mm. You want man? Here. Take man. And then God gives us a government, and then we get all messed up because now the government takes us away from God instead of towards God. Mm. So what I'm saying is the, the nature of spiritual paternity was something that God established from the beginning with mankind, and we've lost it. But I think Paul comes back and brings it alive. I mean, he isn't the first one to do it. David did it, and we may talk about that in a couple of minutes. Everybody did it, but I think that Paul is the first one to boldly write about spiritual paternity and say, we need to bring this back. It's a New Testament thing that today should be alive. I think leadership is, should be based on spiritual paternity. Mm. That's a lot for one question, right? Yeah, hey, that's good, though. Okay. That's, good. that's a lot of meat. That's okay. what that is. The you kind of touched on it there, um, you know, coming coming from my background as a pastor. When we started talking about this, it was something that 
that really just kind of jogged in my mind is what what does that look like for a pastor? What is what does being spiritual spiritually paternal look like in the role of being a pastor? Um, okay, that's good. That's a good question. Here, and I'll explain why. Because I think that we call spiritual fathers anybody to anybody, and that's a bad thing. Some people walk around, they call anybody a spiritual father. Um, but I think that being a spiritual father, either to your children or to your wife or to your church or to your ministry, from a leadership pastoral point of view, if you're in ministry, not just a pastor, if you're in ministry, if you're the leader of operations or you're mm. the leader of welcoming or guest services or you're the leader of worship, you have a spiritual paternity responsibility responsibility over these people. So let me break this down for you, okay? Um, let me explain, first of all, the difference between a real spiritual son. L- let me give you the, the I'm going to call this, to those that you like jotting down notes, the development of spiritual paternity. I'm going to call this, okay? You go from being a true son to being a beloved son, okay? Mm-hmm. You go from being a true son to a beloved son. Can I say the word bastard or is that bad? I mean, I'm good with it. Okay. You good with it, Gina? You good with it? Okay. Okay. Everybody Here. Is it's, good it's, with it. I'm not cussing. I'm not cussing, <laughs> but it's. I'm not cussing. What I'm saying is that that we have a lot of orphans, spiritual orphans. We have a lot of spiritual bastards. And then we have a lot of spiritual true sons. And then we have beloved sons. And I categorize them in those three categories, four categories. Now, I won't go into all details, but I will tell this because that's going to be like a two-hour <laughs> podcast right there and some bad emails. But I'm, I'm going to go what, it, what it's about. I'm going to explain this. When we talk about spiritual paternity and the coverage, Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2. And he says, my true son. When he uses the word true son, um, the, the Greek word that he uses is henosis. And that sounds like Genesis, right? Because what it means is the genuine, the first. So Paul is writing to Timothy, and he's saying, you're my true son. What he's saying is, is you're at a degree with me in spiritual paternity where I considered you somebody that I first mentored, if you don't like using spiritual paternity. You're someone I'm mentoring. Um, I'm, you're there for me. But it, when you go back to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2, same chapter, same verse, but a different book. Years later, he writes again a letter to Timothy, but he doesn't say my henosis. He changes it now. And, and he, he writes to his son. He says, my dear, my, my agapeo son, the son that I love. So what I'm saying is, do you see the development of the relationship mm-hmm. between father and son spiritually? I lead a worship team, and they come into my worship team, and they're my praise team, and they start singing, and they rehearse, and they audition, and they're there. I have... He came in. There's a relationship, but it's not a deep, intense relationship. As this person is with me, I have a spiritual responsibility of investing in this person, and then he will no longer be just my my true son, my beginning son, my Genesis son, but now he will be my beloved son. You, it's, it's a relational thing that needs to develop over time. Mm. So when you ask me what is it in a pastoral context, it's in any leadership context. It's it's a development of your relationship with the people that God put in your hand. Mm-hmm. It's not just I'm here, you tied, you go, you do your job, I do my job. I have a responsibility over your life, and our relationship should evolve, and it should, and this evolution of our relationship should get better and better as it goes by. Mm-hmm. I I become a spiritual father. I have more responsibility with you. 
So mm-hmm. that's that's what it is. It's about creating a deep relationship with the people that surround you and creating some responsibilities. Yeah, and I think that's key. Um, you hit on something here and it just kind of blew my mind and when i think back to my time you know serving as a pastor in in ministry it just uh i look back on it and i'm like wow you know did i really develop those relationships and that's i think that's so key uh, for us as leaders in order to have that you know that relationship with those that are underneath us those in our sphere of influence in order to be able to provide correction. I think, you know, we're touching on it so often. Leaders just assume that they have that just because of a title. Um, they assume that, oh, well, I'm here. I'm your spiritual father. You know, you've got to listen to me. And uh, so often that just leads down a bad road. Um, yeah, something about that that I think is when people come up to me at the first time in the church and they come up to me and they say, um, um, hey, I, hey, pastor, um, I want you to be my pastor. Um I'm glad you're my pastor. My immediate reaction to that is I, I, I pray I will be someday. Yeah. Because uh, pastor is a, a title that's easily handed out, mm. but it's something that you have to earn. You have to literally feed them. You have mm. to take care of them. You have to nurture them. You have to watch over them. We have too many people with leadership positions inside the body of Christ who are doing no care. Mm. And um, there's a book that just came out and it's the most excellent way to lead by Perry Noble, and um, and there's a conference coming up, and he he writes the book, and I recommend it to everybody that's listening. And if you're overseas, I don't know if it's in another language yet, but it if you got to get this book and get somebody to translate it for you, because in the most excellent way, he takes he takes he takes the Bible and he uses it showing how leadership is based on love, mm-hmm. you know, instead of what we're used to, how it's hard, how it's tough, but how it's based on love and care. It's it's amazing. I, I read the book already. I have um, my, it's a requirement for everybody here to read. It's our next read as a group. And, and um, we want, we want to be leaders, but we don't want to care for the people that surround us. And that's bad leadership. Mm. You really have to care. Now I know, you know, and when it comes from a guy like Perry Noble, pastor of a very famous church and a very big church, you know, there are thousands and thousands of people. You think about it. How can he reach every single person out there? He can't. But he, it, but it's a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. He's on his children, his children on their children, their children on his great. So it's a, it's like they create great-grandchildren and, and yeah. great-great-great-grandchildren. And just it trickles down where it's a ripple effect of love. That's what Jesus did. Jesus, yeah. Jesus could administer personally to all the 5,000, but he ministered to his, and they went out and ministered to the rest. But it was, it was based on, 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 on love, a principle of love. Again, it's, it goes back to that. It's, it's a, the responsibilities you assume as a leader to the people God puts in your path. Mm. That's good. Uh, the next thing I want to ask, it's a little bit more of a personal question. Um, I know I'm blessed to be able to have a, a great spiritual mentor that goes to church here. Uh, he's he's really the big reason that Katie and I ended up coming here, and that's Bruce Schrantz. Shout out to Bruce there. Um, you know, this guy has poured into my life for, you know, the last three to four years. Um, and, you know, I'm just curious, and I'm sure everybody out there is, you know, who who do you see as a spiritual father, spiritual mentor in your life? I'll tell you why spiritual mentorship in my life was so important. It was important to me because I found myself at one point in my life with nobody. I was in ministry and nobody was there. And I know right now listening to the podcast, there's a whole bunch of people that feel that way. They're like, man, who's my spiritual father? Who's my spiritual father? Listen, don't worry about who your spiritual father is. Worry about who is investing in your life more mm-hmm. than the title. And and like you just mentioned, Bruce, he's in your life and he's a blessing in your life. And, 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 and that's... Im- 
the relationship with people that edify you spiritually is what's important. However, you will find yourself at one point that there's nobody you're, that's holding you accountable, nobody you're talking to, nobody you're investing into. Um, and, and, and there's a lot of people of spiritual influence in your life. And, um, and I want to kind of explain the difference between one and the other. Mm-hmm. Okay? And this, g- this might get a little bit complicated. But when you ask me who's mine, I found myself for many, many years without one. And just um, recently, and then I, I, I took on the task of always finding people I would respond to. Not just hold me accountable, not just spiritually invest, but I, I literally took on the task of finding people that would be my spiritual mentors. Right now I have one, and um, and he might never hear this, but I hope he does someday. And I just, today we emailed, and, and he communicated with me, and it's Howard Frist. He is um, one of the pastors at New Spring in in and church in um anderson south carolina and he's a very godly man and it's funny because he's a little bit younger than i am but he's still my spiritual father and you say how can that be this guy i just emailed him and and when and he invested in my life i'm gonna give this out and i jotted this down and i want to share this with everybody that's listening i want to tell you six things that distinguish a spiritual father six things that you need to find to know if this person is a spiritual father to you okay and it's in 2 Corinthians 4.16. It says, therefore, I urge you to imitate me. This is what Paul writes to the church of Corinth. Corinth. He, he writes to them and he says, therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason, I have sent to you Timothy, my son. That's what he says. He says, I'm sending you Timothy, my son. So now he's going to say, he's telling them, you guys are in trouble. I'm going to tell you how to fix your problem. And I'm sending you my son. Now he's going to describe what is, how he's going to describe the relationship between him and his son. He says, whom I love. That's one, that's one, one quality there. Who is faithful. That's another quality there. He's faithful in the Lord. Here's another one. He will remind you of my ways. That's another, that's another quality. He will remind you of not just of my ways, but my ways of life in Christ Jesus. That's another thing that needs to happen. He, he, which agrees with what I teach. That's another quality of a spiritual man, a spiritual father. And always do it for the church, in every church. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, 16. Now, there, all six qualities are there. I'm going to read them to you. Here's number one. There has to be spiritual love. He says, this is, this is Timothy, whom I love. You can't call somebody your spiritual father if you don't love them. If, Ch- if Chino's listening to me, if somebody, and I, I have spiritual sons listening to this right now. Do you love this person? Does this person love you? If you don't think this person loves you, genuinely cares for you, and I want to define love, does this, is this person willing to invest in you even, they don't, even though they don't get anything in exchange? Are they willing? Or is it, oh, I invest you because you work with me, or I invest with you because I get music out of you, or I invest in you because you help me in children's church, or I invest in you because you need to do this in church. That's not love. That cannot be your spiritual father. A spiritual father loves you. And you love your spiritual father. You're willing to go the extra mile. You're willing to carry this guy on your back. You're willing to give extra for this person. You're willing, you know, it's, it's when I mentioned Howard first, he, he answers, we don't pay this guy. We don't give him anything. And he's, still, he's very busy and he'll still have time for me and care for me. Here's the second thing that has to happen. There has to be a common faithfulness. Okay, he says who is faithful. There has to be a common faithfulness. And, and, and I want to sh- mention this because I, had, I, have, I have somebody right now in my ministry who turned to me the other day and said, oh, I was talking to my spiritual father. And his spiritual father, they have nothing in common. They have no, no cause they're working for together. You can't have a spiritual father if you and this person do not work for the same cause. Mm. 
There has to be a cause you're together, you're, you're united with. There, there can be a mentor, okay? There can be a mentor. Mm-hmm. There can be a spiritual guide. But are you and this person together working for a same cause? Is there a, is there a common ground you guys are making an effort for? I like your example because you and Bruce, you had a mentor in him. Mm-hmm. And you realized at a certain point he wasn't just a mentor. He was a spiritual father. Because now you ended up in his church in the common cause with him. Mm-hmm. You united for a cause. And that's what united you guys. Um, here's, no, here's number three. He says, he will remind you of my ways. There has to be a teacher-student relationship. You can't just pick somebody because they're famous or because they're well-known or because they have money. Or you got to pick somebody where they're really teaching you something. If your spiritual father can't teach you anything, he's not your spiritual father. He doesn't teach you anything, but he's got, there's got to be something where you sit down and you say, man, I want to imitate this person because, man, they, I think they're awesome. You know, they're not perfect, but I think there's, I, I have a sense of admiration for this person. So I admire him. I want to learn his ways. I want to learn. Paul, Timothy would imitate Paul's ways. He says, he will remind you, this is what Paul says, he'll remind you of my ways. He'll remind you, but not just of my ways. He'll remind you of my ways in Christ Jesus. And that's the fourth thing. Fourth thing, a spiritual son must learn the ways of his father in his relationship with God. If you don't know how your spiritual father is spiritually, He's not your spiritual father. You have to know how this guy lives, what he thinks about his children, what he thinks about his wife, what he thinks about her husband, what he thinks about work, what he thinks about Christ, what doctrines they believe, what do you think? See, I'm a person that asks, I love asking questions. What you're doing now with me, I love asking questions. I love learning. The more questions you ask, the more you'll learn. You need to know who your spiritual father is. You know, who's your daddy? If you don't know who your daddy is, <laughs> if you don't know who your daddy is, if you don't know who this person is, and I'm not saying go call him daddy. Don't freak anybody out now. But if you don't know who this person is, then, then it's not your spiritual father. And here's number six. Number six, he says, and teach it everywhere in every church. Okay? Um, you have to have an agreement on what is taught. Okay? You have to agree with what this person is teaching, and you always have to do it. And this is, I want this to stand out more than anything in the podcast today. More than anything. This is the key thing, the most important thing. A spiritual father is never your father for his own benefit, but rather for the church of Christ. If the person that's mentoring you or being a spiritual father of your life is saying, well, I'm your spiritual father, you got to do this. Well, I'm your spiritual son, you must do this. You're my spiritual son, you must do this. That's not a good spiritual father. A spiritual father does it for the cause of Christ, not for their own glory. It is for the cause of Christ. I invest in somebody. I love somebody. I care. I nurture. I guide. And at the end of the day, if I get no benefit out of it, I'm okay. But I want Christ to be glorified about it. I want Christ. I want Christ Mm -hmm. to be glorified. That's a spiritual father. A person that brings out of you the best for Christ. That's what a spiritual Mm -hmm. father should be. Man, I hope you guys definitely jotted those six down. I mean, those are, those are such amazing qualities, uh, that are going to help you guys on your journey when you're when you're coming into looking. Okay, is is this guy my spiritual father? Is he going to fit this role? Um, the the next thing I kind of want to ask Pastor Carlos is, you know, we may have somebody out there now that's like, okay, I, I've got this guy. He's he he meets these qualities. You know, he 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 fits the bill. Um, I mean, it just how how do I how do I come up to this guy and say, hey, man, I want I want you to be my spiritual father, or you know, how do I how do I approach this? this new journey that I'm going to go on with this, 
with this guy. Maybe he's younger than me. Maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm talking to somebody right now that's older and they're saying, "Hey man, this young guy, man, he's got his stuff together." Um, you know, and and I see him as a spiritual father. How do I approach someone younger than me or or older than me to to take on this role? That's man, that's an awesome that's probably the best question you've asked. I'll tell you why. <laughs> because most people don't know how to find that. And they go into mm-hmm. anguish because they can't find it. They're like, man, okay. All right, so the Bible says I should have a spiritual mentor. Let's call him a mentor. And I can't find him. How do I approach him? How do I How do I ask him? Well, physically, number one, you got to ask. <laughs> you got to ask this person. You got to say, can you hold me accountable? But number two, don't call him a spiritual father. Mm-hmm. That's something that builds over a season. That's something that builds over a season. Um, Paul writes to Timothy in second of in in actually wait a minute first timothy 6 12 and look at this he says this is what paul says to him and i want you to hear what a spiritual father would say to son fight the good fight of faith take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses this this is what this is what paul's telling timothy he's telling him look knucklehead you were called by god you have a responsibility you better do what you're called to do when that starts happening you know you're in trouble. I just emailed um, my mentor just a couple of days ago, and I said, if I, I want to know if you would accept the responsibility that if ever I died or fell into sin, um, you would, the church could rely on calling you and finding some guidance. And this is what his answer was. Of course they can. You know they can. Count me in. So he accepted. Mm. And then he said, and you better not fall into sin because I will whip your hiney. <laughs> you know, he's going to call me out. So what I'm trying to say is you approach the person, but don't approach them until the relationship is established. Make sure you're not just filling in a gap and putting a name in. Make sure this person will be willing to call you out in your spiritual responsibility. When you see somebody calling you out and saying, hey, you're out of place. Hey, Nate, you know, I love you, but you're out of place. Get this right. Or, hey, Nate, you're missing this. When you see that that's probably the person that's mm. willing to go, hey, you, you dropped the ball on this. Somebody, it sounds terrible, but somebody's willing to yell at you. <laughs> it sounds terrible, but somebody's willing to yell at you. Somebody's willing to reprimand you. Somebody's willing to call you out and tell you where you're wrong and make you sad sometimes. But that's the person, then you approach the person and literally just ask them, say, listen, you've been influencing my life. I want you to hold me accountable for this and this and this. Don't just walk up to people and say, hey, I need accountability and just find crazy people. Don't do that. You know, find the right person, and you'll know that when that person is willing to call you out in what God had called. The same way Paul did. Paul said, I want, I want, I want you to take hold of your eternal life, which you were called. He says, you, he's, remind, he's reminding him of his ordination day. Mm-hmm. He's saying, you are ordained. You better get this right, son. That's what he's saying. So that's when you literally just go up and ask. But don't ask until you know who it is. Mm. Yeah. Dude, I think I think that's key. Uh, something you touched on, and and I'm I don't mean to go off script too much here because uh, we definitely have a time limit. Um, but man, hitting on hitting on someone that's literally willing to say I'm going to spank your hiney, um, I think that's so key, and, and I think that's something for so long. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Pastor, because I definitely want you to. But I think that's something that that's key that we've missed out on for so long in the church is. Um, spiritual fathers being able to stand up and say hey man i'm gonna i'm gonna spank your hiney because you're living in sin Mm -hmm. um you know and i think once we begin to do that and we begin to see that and and with this generation you know i do believe we're seeing that you know young people that want that and are are striving for that um we're going to see radical change such radical change and and on that same key nate think about this i want you to think about this for a second i know there's a lot of people listening but it'll, it'll edify them if i get you to think about it 
we either have people that reprimand us and then we have people that love us. A spiritual father will do both. He'll reprimand you because he loves you, not out of personal benefit or what the organization needs, but he'll do it out of love. And you know in your spirit, when you say, you find people in your spirit, you say, I would allow this guy to call me out on something mm. because I know that ultimately he wants the best for me and my family. A and and that's where that got corrupted in the way in the process. We have people that reprimand us but won't love us. Mm. It's got to be based out of love. It's got to be, and sometimes it requires tough, tough, tough decisions. For sure. And I think uh, you've kind of touched on this um, throughout the podcast. I, I know you've used uh, one individual, and it, it may be different. I may be just going out on a limb here, but who um, do you feel biblically um, is such a great example for us? So if, if we're going to go into Scripture, say tomorrow we've got people out there that are like, man, I just want to dive into Scripture and learn from a spiritual father in Scripture, who would you point them to? Paul. Yeah. Damn right, Paul. And Paul has more information than anybody in Scripture. But after Paul and Timothy, my favorite is not Paul and Timothy. I would send anybody to Paul and Timothy because mm. it's, it's, I mean, he calls him son. Yeah. It's there. Timothy never calls him father. You know, don't walk around calling me daddy, you know, <laughs> but, but, but the spiritual paternity, the care, the mentoring where he's investing in this person's life and calling him out to his calling and his righteous ministry. It's not just a spiritual partner. It's not just a spiritual accountability partner. It's not just a mentor, but somebody who pushes you to be everything God called you to be and your fulfilled purpose. Paul is the best example but for anybody to go to. But if you really want to go deep, and you want to see it hardcore, but I mean blow your mind away, Elijah and Elijah. Go to Elijah and Elijah. Their story overwhelms me more than any. And now I'm going to freak some people out because this may be too intense for a podcast, but I'm going to shoot it anyway. Here it goes. This, this is why it's worth to do this because somebody's, somebody's life is going to be radically changed on this. You know what's the ultimate biggest benefit of spiritual paternity? The passing down of anointing. That's the biggest thing because you learn so much. The anointing of the first guy is greater on the second one. You see Elijah and Elijah, when, it, when one passes away, he says, God, I just ask you for a double portion of what he had. And he cries. When one is dying, when the father is dying, the son turns to him and says, he's dying. And he says, he says, he literally says, stay right here. Stay here because I have to go die. And he says, no, man, if you die, I'm going with you. That love, that care, that relationship and then when he passes away, uh, when he didn't pass away, when the wind comes and picks up and takes him away, the other one drops to the floor and starts crying. And you see him pouting on the floor. That's too deep. But what I'm, it may go too, too far in. But what I'm saying is th there you see what it should look like, the, the true structure of care and love for each other, how he's willing. You know, you see the struggle of the father trying to find the son and the son giving it up for the cause and then becoming a greater prophet yet. Mm -hmm. That's where you see it. Spiritual paternity is real when you achieve, if if in the process I become your spiritual father, your achievement's got to be greater than mine. Mm. If not, something happened in the in the pass down of the anointing. It's, it's not that I transfer; it's not mine to give. It's God's. But something happened. You didn't learn to release something in your life. I was supposed to invest in your life. It's supposed to break through. You're supposed to be better than the people that were before you, for God's cause. Mm. That's it, man. I'm going to switch gears on Go everybody ahead. real quick. Sure. Um, we, we've kind of been focusing on this whole podcast for the person maybe searching for the spiritual father. I want to I want to reach out to maybe the spiritual fathers or soon-to-be spiritual fathers that are out there. 
Um, I feel like a lot of times um, we have guys that are out there that would be great spiritual fathers or they have young people or young people in the faith under them that are already looking to them and, and maybe this guy's just scared. Maybe he doesn't know. Maybe he's sitting there saying, man, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know enough about scripture. Maybe I'm, I'm not this, maybe I'm not that. You know, I want to touch to you guys. Uh, what encouragement do you have for, you know, these guys that are soon to be spiritual fathers, soon to take someone under their wing? Again, I'm going to go to scripture. Second of Timothy chapter, I'm going back to Timothy. Second of Timothy chapter two, verse two. The things which you have heard from me is what Paul tells Timothy. In the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others. It's not about how much you know, it's about what you know. It's not about how much you know. You have something that every single person listening right now, you have something to invest in somebody's life. God gave you something. We're waiting for a great amount of knowledge or for a doctor's degree or for you have something that will bring out greatness in the people that are surrounding you right now. Stop aiming to be their spiritual father, be a friend, be a mentor, be a teacher, be a guide. And someday the relationship will be so built, you'll be able to call them out when they're wrong and you became a spiritual father. I think that's it. Yeah. Well, guys, I just want to say thank you again, man, so much for hanging out with us for a little bit and give us a little bit of your time. Uh, we're excited for what, what's going on with this podcast, man. I know God's doing great things, um, and we ask that you guys just pray for it, pray for our podcast as, uh, you know, Carlos continues to pour into your lives. Uh, I'll go ahead and give you a heads up, guys. We're excited for next month. Uh, we're going to be touching on a subject that's really close to my heart, really close, to, I believe, to Pastor Carlos's heart. We're going to be looking at um, staying spiritually fit and staying physically fit. Yep. Uh, so we hope you guys will tune in with us next week. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Grab your Dorito bag, and we will see you next week as we talk about spiritual fitness. By the way, LeaderCast. Don't shut down. LeaderCast, May 6th. Now, you may hear this after May 6th, 2016, and that's okay. In that case, it's just a memory, and you have to send for the CDs. But we are hosting LeaderCast here in our church facility, May 6th. It is the one-day largest conference in the world, and it's going to be via satellite right here with guys like um, Wozniak, the co-founder of Apple, um, Andy Stanley, who, by the way, if you ever want to grow, listen to this guy's mm. podcast. He's, that's real podcast, man, Andy Stanley. Um, I'm like a junior next to him. I'm a baby boy, I'm, but this guy kills it. And um, real leaders, and they're going to be transmitted here live, and you do not want to miss that. Learn, learn, learn. Feed yourself spiritually. This is me fading away. This is my effect of fading away. Feed yourself spiritually. No, we're still here. <laughs> God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful and blessed day. Thank you, Nate. You're awesome, bro. Dude, no problem, man.